Hello, Text Talkers. Edwin here. I have a brief announcement before we get into the actual episode today. Andrew and I just want you to know that in order to make sure all episodes post on time and without missing any, we have to record these weeks in advance. That's why we don't talk about any current events, including the COVID-19 pandemic. Since we never know what the state of things will be on the day the episodes actually air, we just focus on the text we're talking about. However, we want you to know that we are obviously aware of the state our communities, country, and world is in. We are not ignoring or dismissing it. We are concerned. We are praying for you, for all our brothers and sisters, and for our fellow man in this difficult time. That being said, what better thing can we do while we and our families are practicing some social isolation than to talk about God's Word? So, keep us in your prayers, and we'll keep you in ours. And let's get today's episode started. Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to the Text Talk Podcast. We're so glad that you've tuned in. Edwin, we're looking at Acts 11 today, but what is our reading? I'm going to start in verse 21 and read all the way to the end of the chapter. It is the English Standard Version. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people, and in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined every one according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea, and they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. So much in this. There is. I have to stop and say that uh, if you haven't picked up on it yet, Barnabas is actually one of my favorite characters in the New Testament. What? It's true. It's true. You know, it's, we've talked about some of his uh, some of his deeds and some of his ministry, how the apostles even gave him that name, son of encouragement. Because he's sweet tea like you. Well, one of the things that I appreciate about Barnabas is that he seems to be the, the right person man to be called upon to bring the best out of others. I mean, I really do see that in in many different contexts. And here that uh, word comes back of this new field that's opened up, this church in Antioch, it's a unique congregation because at the outset it is this blend of Jews and Gentiles together. You finally have the one body where they're mixed well. Uh, this is a brand new thing, and 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 who who is sent there to you know encourage them along? It is Barnabas. The apostles made that choice. They said, "This is the guy to send." Yeah, which is an incredible vote of confidence, and uh, and he is no small character uh, in the early days of the church. He, you know, not every chapter is about him, but he does keep coming back. And uh, yeah, you know, if, if there's a person in the Bible that I look at and I think, boy, I, I want to be like him, I want to I do that, I, I, Barnabas is on that list for me. Absolutely. And one of the things that makes Barnabas such a great 
I was about to say character, but I don't. I don't want to say character. Great person, great disciple, I great mean, that's, Christian. When you say character, it makes it sound like he's made up. But yeah. I, I appreciate what you're saying. This was a real person. Yeah. What What makes him so special? You, you said he was no small person in all of this. He He had I'd no small use the character. role. <laughs> you might have. I don't I know if you did said or not. That actually, I, we'll go back and we'll listen. Uh, but one of the things that makes him so fascinating is his willingness to be the smaller person, if you yeah. will, to be the person who is behind another. Because I have to tell you, this this is one of the things that when I read this account, I look at Barnabas and I think, had I been the one that had been sent, would I have had the personal security about my own role to be able to say, you know what this church needs? This congregation actually needs someone else. Mm, mm-hmm. This congregation, I mean, I can I can do some things here and I can work here, but what this congregation really needs is that guy Saul. I remember him. This this congregation needs him. I'm gonna go get him. Well, I'll say to that, it, it's not that it's not that he said they need Saul and not me. Nah. We need Saul too. Well, I mean, it's, it's that, not. They need more. They need more than they me. They need more than me. I, that's right. Okay. All right. I I have to admit, I would have a problem. I think saying that at times that it's not just hey, they need someone instead of me. I'd have trouble saying they need more than me. I, mm. I'm just impressed okay. by Barnabas. It's it's a lesson for me. It's a reminder of the the growth that I need to experience regarding humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but then he brings in Saul, and like it or not, Saul becomes the leading person in all of this and for the rest of the book of Acts. Barnabas ends up going to the background. We're going to see in a couple chapters, Barnabas, as far as Acts is concerned, just kind of drops out entirely. Yeah. He hands this over to Saul rather than trying to grab that for himself. That's just one of the really important things about Barnabas that I know I still have to learn. I think also when I look at Antioch, uh, we we talked about this on the last episode, uh, talking about how as the book of Acts is unfolding, this Antioch congregation, this is a major pivot. And in the first half of the book, it's kind of rooted in Jerusalem and what's emanating from there. Now we're going to learn about the planning, the beginning of this congregation at Antioch. This is going to be the the central congregation moving forward. We're, I, again, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but we're going to start talking about missionary journeys and going to new, you know, entirely new places. Acts, though, is at this. Excuse me, Antioch is at the center of all of that action. However, let's notice in Antioch what was really at the center of all that action. I want us to think about this idea of the hand of the Lord. Mm-hmm. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Uh, by the way, he had just said in verse 30 uh, about preaching the Lord Jesus. So when it's talking about the Lord here in verse 31, I'm pretty certain that's actually referring to Jesus. The hand of Jesus is with them, and people are turning to Jesus. Yeah, verse 20 in the New King James even says preaching the Lord Jesus. So I I don't know if that's a textual thing, but I think you're on good ground there. Yeah, I think I was saying 30 and 31, 20 and 21. Sorry about that. That's what I get for setting my Bible across the table here as I'm looking across. (laughs) It's it's not in the lower part of my new bifocals. Anyway, the this issue of the hand of the Lord, I have to remember this as well. Because I tell you what, when it's Barnabas and Saul, I I, I talk about Barnabas saying what this congregation needs is someone more than me, someone in addition, or maybe instead of, sometimes we might have to say that. But really at the heart of it, what Barnabas and Saul and every member of that church needed 
to know was that what's going to make this work is not us anyway. It's the hand of the Lord. Yeah, to that, in, in verse 23, when Barnabas gets there, it says, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad that Barnabas is the first one to say, God is in this place. God is blessing all of this. Yeah, the hand of the Lord is with them. The grace of God is upon them. Yeah, and that doesn't mean, I'll get it out here in a second, that doesn't mean Barnabas did nothing. That doesn't mean that Saul did nothing. What we recognize is that we have our programs, we have our processes, we have our plans, but that will accomplish nothing without the hand of the Lord. So the very first thing we need to have, the underlying aspect of the work of every congregation needs to be prayer. Because if I want the hand of the Lord to be with me, I need to be asking for it. Think about this. How, how ridiculous would it be? You don't have a truck. I don't anymore. <laughs> Rub that in. That hurts. But, but can you imagine back when you had your truck, if one day I showed up at the office and said, hey, man, I, I had to take a load of stuff from my garage to the dump yesterday. I could have sure used your truck. Where were you? And you might respond to me, well, I would have been happy to help you, Edwin, but you didn't ask. So we understand that in that setting. Now, of course, I understand God knows what we need before we ask, but he has set this up that we demonstrate our dependence through prayer. I I need to be praying that the hand of the Lord will be with us. We actually see this this togetherness of the plans of men and the prayer to God uh, all throughout Scripture. But one of the great examples of it, I think about when Absalom rebelled against David and David has fled the city. He learns that Ahithophel is the counselor for Absalom, and he prays that God would thwart the counsel of Ahithophel. But then he turns around and sends Hushai in to thwart the counsel of Ahithophel. So here is this, here's the plan of man, but Mm -hmm. here's the prayer, the understanding that, yes, there are things for me to do, Mm -hmm. but I pray. And when it's all said and done, I understand that it's God is the one who has accomplished this. Yeah. Yeah. I need to recognize that for the congregation I'm a part of today, for this podcast, for, for any of the work that we're doing, we need the hand of the Lord to be with us. So they are preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord is with them. The grace of God is upon them. Uh, Barnabas goes. He brings Saul of Tarsus. There's these two leaders in the congregation, Barnabas and Saul, along with obviously very motivated, active preachers and teachers in this church. Verse 26 says this, And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Here is a new name for this new body of people these followers of Jesus Christ. And disciple then becomes a little bit more specific. Who do you follow? Who is your Lord? Who is your King? It's Jesus Christ. It's a disciple of Christ. Christ follower. Let me throw something out here just since you've brought that up. I I know I I do want to talk a little bit about this famine that we're going to see, so I don't want to get caught up on this too much. But one of the things I do want to throw out is that when we look at what is said in this final verse— The disciples were called Christians. A lot of people make claims about that. Well, they were called Christians as a pejorative term, or some would say, no, it was God who called them Christians. And and they try to make all kinds of claims from the, the Greek on this. 
it's actually inconclusive. We don't know who called them this. It's it's not certain from the Greek that God was the one that called them Christians, and it is not certain from the Greek that it started off as a pejorative term from the enemies that they then adopted. All it says is is this is what they were called, mm-hmm. and and you'll you'll find articles and commentaries on both sides of that making strong cases from the language. How about we just take it at its face value? That here's a really cool thing. These disciples are now called Christians, and 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 they they took that name mm-hmm. because it was what they were, mm-hmm. little Christs, and that that is a name that ought to satisfy us who follow Jesus today. That Christians just good enough. Just a couple of weeks ago, I even made a comment about this. I don't remember. I was listening to some other podcast where they were talking about being authentic and being real and just being you. And it was actually kind of interesting. It was it was a well, you know, real people p- are interesting. <laughs> it was, it was kind of like a business management podcast. But uh, I, I actually as I was listening to that, I was thinking, you know, when they say, hey, just be you. You know, one of the things I thought was, no, I I really, I want to be Jesus. Mm. And that's what this drives home. Uh, There's one thing that I want to make sure we get at here. We've told you guys before, as you're listening, that we record these weeks in advance because we don't know what's going to happen to hinder us recording. I imagine when this airs, the COVID crisis is still going on. I, I would hope that maybe things are starting to slow down and we're able to get back together. But we just don't know. But, but we're about to see a famine. Mm-hmm. In Acts in chapter Acts 11, 11 yeah. there's there's a famine. Yeah. And, you know, we sit back and wonder, why would God ever allow these sorts of things? But, you know, here in Acts chapter 11, what we see is some togetherness between the Gentile Christians and the Jews because of this famine. Mm-hmm. The Gentile Christians in Antioch now demonstrate their love for the Jewish Christians, their unity, their togetherness mm-hmm. by being able to serve the Jewish Christians in Judea. I don't know if God caused the famine or if he just allowed the famine. But what I do know is that actually something good came out of it. I'm sure there was a lot of suffering and it was a very sad time. And even the Christians were impacted. But I can see in Acts chapter 11, there was something good that came out of it. Maybe a couple weeks from when we're recording, maybe when you're listening to this, we're actually people are already noticing good that's coming out of this pandemic, this crisis we're going through now. Maybe we won't be able to see it for another year. Maybe we will never know what the good was that came out of what we're dealing with right now. But I want us to all realize that God can take even these kinds of tragedies, pandemics, crises, and he can bring good out of it. He will bring good out of it. He promises that he works together all things for good for those who love him, who call upon his name. And so I want us to wrap up by thinking about that. I'd love to know what you're learning or what questions you might have about the text. Please send us a message, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Maybe we'll be able to respond to some of those things and include them in some uh, future, maybe some special episodes that we can have here. Let's go ahead and wrap up this week with a prayer. Our great God and Father, Lord, we are so thankful that you hear our prayers. We are so glad, Father, that your shoulders are broad and we might cast our cares upon you. Uh, it is a difficult season uh, for those of like precious faith. It is a difficult season for our neighbors and countrymen and really all around the world that might hear my voice uh, because of this COVID situation. And God, we pray for your mercy and all of that. We pray for those that are working hard uh, on our behalf and on the behalf of the public, the leaders and the health workers, and uh, so many people involved. We pray, God, for mercy and blessings upon them. We pray, Father, that as Christians, as Christ followers ourselves, that we might be salt and light, 
loving you and loving our neighbor, finding the best ways to go about this this day. Father, that we might be encouragers like the Bar- like Barnabas who we read about this day, uh, lifting up others and leading them to see your light, your truth, your gospel for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. You are on the mic. Let's do it. Do it. Are we recording now? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Just, Just keep going. Okay. I okay. I thought I pushed this and then you pushed that. I, I accidentally pushed it before you did that. It's it's going. Okay, all right. Welcome to the Text Talk Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be another one of those days. No, no, it's not. It's gonna be a good one. We got to finish this today. (laughs) I'm going to. I'm going to. All right. I'm in the zone. Welcome to Text Talk Podcast. We're so glad that you've tuned in. Edwin, we're looking at Acts 11 today, but what is our reading? 